you beautiful brains. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Move Subtly. I'm so happy to say that we've made it to week two in a row. Consistency has definitely been something I've been working on lately. But anyways, today's conversation is with Chris Beeson. He's part marketing consultant, part magician, part fitness connoisseur, <laughs> and just love me. Uh, how would I describe Chris? Chris... Chris is the living embodiment of the humble person who you don't know knows jiu-jitsu <laughs> and he'll sneak up on you and whoop your ass <laughs> even though physically you're just looking at him and you're just like, oh, I can take him. Nah, Chris has layers. <laughs> uh, but, uh, for this episode, we're going to be talking about taking advice and both actually using it in real life and also deciding who to take it from. I think the biggest takeaways that I got from this conversation was probably forget about finding the hack sometimes and just go do it. And secondly, not all skin folk are kin folk. <laughs> and I only say this because not everyone's opinion is valid. With that being said, let's get to that show. What, I guess, what part of marketing consultant are you like focused on? I guess the. Primarily social media and SEO for the things that I'm doing right now. I'd like to get more into doing some other stuff as well, mm -hmm. as far as physical campaigns and, and sort of directing budgets. But right now I'm actually working with someone on a variety show mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be fun. It's we're, we're still fleshing out the details of, of all the sponsors, okay. um, but it's yeah. So I'm going to be in charge of marketing for that, which is going to be a pretty big deal for uh, a few months so more to come on that but that's i'm just really stoked about that's it up. Uh, congratulations how did you even find that or how did you find the individual to where it's just like now it's gotten to a point where it is now yeah well it's one of my friends has uh he made this thing that's that was a really big variety show in seattle mm. about five years ago okay. and then he sort of got busy with other projects and you know real life <laughs> so now we're searching for more sponsors to do it again. Cause it was, I mean, there was proof of concept the last time he did it and it, it turned out super, super well, um, really great attendance. And it was just really consistent. Mm -hmm. And the key is uh, that it's the theoretically it's supposed to be, there's a budget for it obviously because there's sponsors, mm -hmm. but it's free just to promote art in Seattle, mm -hmm. which is neat. Okay. How's it free? How, how's it, how's it possible to be free to promote? Sorry. <laughs> I completely like blanked on the question I was about to ask. No, 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 no. It's, uh, I mean, it's just a free variety show because there are a lot of people who have kids or who have, um, you know, uh, jobs with long hours and that kind of thing. And they're unable to go to, to different events around Seattle because Seattle is an expensive city. Mm -hmm. And so the goal right now is to, to turn this into a free variety show that people feel comfortable. So it's going to be family entertainment, mm -hmm. but people are going to come in um, and be able to see it regardless of their economic status or budget. Gotcha. So we're partnering with local companies and theaters. And so it's been, it's been fun so far, but right now we're working on the marketing budget for it. And that's, that's what I'm in charge of. And that's always fun to do. Gotcha. So uh, uh, I guess, so what specifically you said you're working on the SEO and social media marketing piece of that aspect of it. Is, is it just like the outreach of it or sorry? That's part of it. Um, this is actually bigger than what I usually do because it's it's everything, mm. right? So this this is you know, and we're still looking into market research for it. But 
as far as where the budget goes, because everything's a marketing mm-hmm. budget. And so when you're, especially if you're freelance, where the marketing budget isn't always under your control, or very rarely is, I should say, mm-hmm. um, you have to find the best places to put that money. And so this is not just social media and SEO, although those are excellent, excellent places. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to talk about other freelancers, social media is, is the golden ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have money and if you have a marketing budget, then it also entails other things like potentially radio mm-hmm. and potentially magazines and, and things that are generally known as antiquated, but still work in certain contexts. Okay. So yeah, it's just about everything. No, how, why do you think that some people don't try to reach those other sort of uh, marketing vehicles where it's just like, Hey, it's just like social media or bust. It's just a lot more money and it's a lot more barrier to entry too. Mm-hmm. And it only works really sort of, and I'm not going to say like blanket statements about it mm-hmm. because, you know, if you're Coca-Cola, like the super, the super bowl commercials are probably great investments. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think for, you know, 99% of people, it just doesn't make sense anymore uh, unless your target audience is the sort of group that not to be insensitive, but is dying, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> as, <laughs> as time goes on. So, I mean, the people who are reading the New York times are either going digital where they have ad blockers yeah. or, you know, they're, any of the advertisements in local newspapers and magazines are, are just really specific. The better way to look at it is that they're just tremendously specific marketing vehicles. Mm-hmm. And, whereas social media can be whatever you want it to be. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. No, I actually kind of, there's actually a example that I'm thinking about. I can't remember specifically what this person's business was, but I just remember on um, one of the daily v episodes for gary v his youtube channel there was somebody specifically where he was just like oh yeah he's been using uh uh postcards like that's how he's actually been marketing to people where it's just like hey this is how we do our outreach and this is how we still are able to uh get people to hey know our business and actually be able to still convert them into actual people and they said it's still effective for them today, which I didn't even think that was actually even something that happens. But yeah. yeah, and I wonder how much of that is novelty, mm-hmm. right? Like, I wonder how much of it, because if I got a note, like, if, if you mailed me a postcard and you were like, dude, listen to my podcast, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> I'd be like, dang, on a postcard? Like, I got to check this out, right? Like, because yeah. it's just something that doesn't happen. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh-uh. That is actually interesting. Uh-uh. There must be definitely like different approaches that somebody does. But yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, so much of it is about being on the right platform at the right time. Mm-hmm. But I think in that situation, like if that, and I haven't read about this guy, I have no idea who mm-hmm. he is. But like, man, postcards could be a really cool avenue if it was novelty value yeah. based, right? Like, maybe that's where this podcast should go, right? Like, make some dope postcards mm, possibly i have to think about that <laughs> that would be interesting i wonder how many people would actually want to actually take me seriously but we'll see uh, but actually <laughs> yeah i'd start with social media <laughs> <laughs> that actually kind of goes into the conversation then uh as far as like with uh the gary v's of the world the tim ferris's of the world things like that where do you I guess, yeah. How do you decide who you want to listen to or whose advice that you think is actually valid or anything like that? What's the process for you where it's just like, hey, I genuinely think that he's actually trying to feed me some knowledge or anything like that compared to people where it's just like, hey, they're just saying whatever they want to say or copying other people. 
I think people are so cynical nowadays and they just assume that anyone who has a plat, like, I think there are a lot of people who say that everyone has a platform. So you have to sort of make these decisions, but I don't, I don't, I mean, there are people who have gotten inspiration from, you know, B movies mm. that flopped from, you know, mm -hmm. 1970. I think <laughs> it, and I'm maybe the wrong guy to ask because I get inspiration from everyone. Like, I feel like I'm the, the most easily motivated person on mm. earth. So like I'll hear advice from, you know, from some quote from some guy who died of like a drug overdose <laughs> or something. And I'm like, I should follow that. You know? <laughs> uh, but I think a more more realistic answer is that there's a hierarchy to it. Mm. So the people that I and I've been really fortunate to spend time with people who who I get to really look up to and. Um, particularly in magic, but also in marketing and, and also just in daily life. Uh, and that's about surrounding yourself with people, which is the classic business adage, mm -hmm. right? So I think if it's someone that I know, like you or like, uh, you know, some of my other friends or, or some of the, the sort of more well-known people I get to spend time yeah. with, because I know those people and consider them, you know, really realistic goals, mm -hmm. I know the transparency behind it. I'm not just seeing, you know, an Instagram presence or, or a YouTube presence. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that I get the most advice from, obviously, mm -hmm. as far as people out there who are who I do not know personally and I, I don't really know what's going on. Right. Like I've never seen some of these these, you know, YouTube influencers. Uh, I've never seen their bank accounts or their business dealings. Like, I don't know if they're as successful as they say. Mm -hmm. I don't know what their what their buildup was, you know, but it doesn't really matter. Like at that point, it's just. I think take what matters or take what means something yeah. to you. And so like, I'll, again, I'll hear advice from random people. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there are, there are clearly proof of concept with guys like Gary Vee and, and with Tim Ferriss and Seth Godin and those kind mm -hmm. of guys. Cause I mean, there are lots of people who would say that the only reason they have a successful business is because of the advice that they got from them. So mm -hmm. I think if you're looking for verification, those are, <laughs> those are probably good ones to start <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as choosing what advice to take, I think just make a list and whatever sticks with you. Mm -hmm. So I guess, yeah. do you feel like they have like, that's, I guess, like a certain amount of thought, not necessarily they have like a certain amount of following, but it's just like, they have enough like social proof where it's just like enough people are continuing to come back and to consume the content, consume uh, whatever feedback, speech, article, podcast whatever that they're saying that they're just like hey there's something genuine about this person that i really do appreciate or yeah i mean they're all making a lot of money but those those guys in, in particular i think they wouldn't have kept doing it at the level at which they're doing it for so long if they didn't actually care to some extent mm -hmm. i can't say what extent that is but i mean i've certainly been inspired by both those guys and, and hundreds of others yeah. so mm -mm. okay that's fair that's definitely fair yeah. Uh, I guess then my next question will kind of be how do you feel about uh so all these people who are I guess like those social media influencers like how how do you feel about how uh, all these people trying to fight for attention to try and I guess frame themselves as experts in whatever field that they are how do you feel about that how do you feel about those type of people depends um again i think the market really not to sound like a, a big free market mm -hmm. guy or anything but i do think the market sort of dictates who gets the limelight you know who doesn't and if we're talking about influencers who who specifically 
are experts in their chosen field. And I guess what we're talking about right now is probably marketing in some mm-hmm. way. Um, I mean, if they're at the top of their game, if they're really at the top of their game, you can tell. I mean, these are guys who, and, and guys and girls who, who, if you see them in this, man, what's an eloquent way to put this? <laughs> <laughs> no, take your time. Uh-uh, no pressure at all. I think it's it I think it's fairly obvious when someone knows what they're talking about on a platform like that and even if they're embellishing what they're talking mm-hmm. about clearly they know something about it in sort of a meta way <laughs> like mm-hmm. even if their only success is teaching other people yeah. like that's still a success and there's still a lot you can learn from that gotcha. So even if Tim Ferriss never had uh you know a successful business or I guess he's into venture capitalism from what I understand mm-hmm. so if if he had never had like a, a great VC opportunity even just through his podcasts and books, like I would, I mean, he's still proof of concept, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's still very qualified to talk about marketing, <laughs> even without his financial success. So. Definitely. Uh-uh. I can definitely agree with that. Yeah. I guess then how much, how much reverse engineering do you do compared to just going on and executing and kind of doing like that trial and error where it's just like, okay, they said to do X, Y, Z as far as with marketing strategy. Uh, do I try this out or do I continue to just try and like find more information, I guess? It, so I think there's a combination of both primarily, like I'm a big, I'm a big fan of reverse engineering. If other people mm-hmm. have already had success doing something that you want to do, which mm-hmm. we're on a planet that's so large and so full of successful people, especially now that we have all these channels that, if you see some, like, it's hard to find something that you want to do that someone else hasn't been at least moderately successful in. Mm-hmm. And if they have, regardless of what that is, like, if you wanted to be the next, uh, the next guy who mixes spices better than anyone else on mm-hmm. earth, like, it's a culinary thing. There's got to be someone out there who has, like, a really successful Instagram page about mixing spices mm-hmm. or YouTube channel or podcast or something like it's hard to find stuff that hasn't been done. And so I think in that regard, mm-hmm. there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Like if I can look at you and say, you've, you're the most famous gardener of all time, yeah. you know, like, and that's what I want to be. I can sort of write down reasons of, of, of why you're that famous, what avenues I think you went down mm-hmm. um, and try and replicate it that way. I mean, obviously not become a carbon copy, yeah. but, um, and then always try new stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there, there are things coming out every day. Mm-hmm. When I was actually downloading this podcast app, um, Apple was recommending several others. Mm. And I have never heard of half of them, <laughs> but I guarantee you one of them is going to become big. Like, it'll become the next big podcast yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's where it's like, and I don't, this one might already be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just <laughs> behind the times. Um, but one of those things that, that you have, that, like a new social media app that you just happen to see, you're going to join it and you're going to be one of the first users and become really famous. Yeah. Like when Vine was a thing mm-hmm. that came out, you know, everyone thought this is so dumb, seven second videos. Mm-hmm. Then it became huge and now everyone else wants to be, you know, what they left behind. Mm-hmm. So, Mm-mm. No, I think that's definitely a great point. There's always just like, who's up next? Because eventually, like I was actually even having this conversation with a couple of friends. We were talking about uh, who's going to replace like the Amazons of the world, the Apples of the world, potentially even the Googles of the world. Because we're all just like, okay, they've been here for a while. Or at least, and more in particular, we were talking more about Apple, where it's just like, 
they've like plateaued as far as like with innovation and things like that. So what is next? What who is coming up next to pretty much like take the throne off, take the throne from them? And there will be someone. Mm-hmm. There will be someone. And you never know who it's going to be or when it's going to be. I mean, people thought Kodak was invincible mm-hmm. or Radio Shack was invincible, right? Apple's going to be exactly the same way in history, exactly. um, unless they, you know, develop a. Uh, some crazy offshoot brand and keep evolving. But even then, I mean, I can't really think of too many businesses that have been consistently successful over hundreds of years. Um, So I doubt that that's going to be one of them, but yeah, that's a great point. It's one of those things where you just kind of are waiting to see what the next big thing is. And, Mm -hmm. and if you can get it on the ground floor, obviously that's great. But the odds of that are, you know, like winning the lottery and then, so (laughs) (laughs) No, I but think, it's always worth trying. Yeah. I think that also even like kind of points to something. I think earlier before you were even talking about how it's no, there's really like no point in like reinventing the wheel. And then it's always like that conversation where it's about uh, what's it called? Blah, blah, blah. Brain fart. Uh, what's it called? Not familiar with that company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the whole entire idea where people borrow from other it's just like you don't necessarily you don't artists we don't steal things but we kind of borrow uh certain ideas or certain aspects because like there's nothing that's really new that's being created like everything is pretty much almost most things have already been created or most things have already been done so people are just reiterating on it and kind of just trying to make it their own type of way their own in their own type of image or anything like that it's kind of just like okay we're not necessarily stealing your idea but we're still just trying to borrow from it where it's just like okay here's how I can possibly utilize it in my own way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's particularly interesting in magic and, and I won't get too far into it, but it's like magic as an industry where people create tricks for other people. Mm-hmm. Originality is one of those things that's a tremendously contested issue. Unlike most other art forms that I've been lucky enough to be a part of, like even in music I, and you do occasionally see lawsuits about, you know, someone stole someone else's melody or something like mm-hmm. that. But I think in like in magic, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's if anything that's released uh, or that's created for a TV performer or something like mm-hmm. that, it's it's always a hot button issue about who did what first. Did they get permission to do that? You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's like a, a almost a Petri dish of of uh, <laughs> learning about originality and marketing and how they sort of intersect. Gotcha. How often does that happen? everything everything yeah i mean it's always a hotly contested issue unless it's the one out of a hundred thousand things that that you know someone creates for for a tv guy and Mm -hmm. it's just so original that no one mentions anything everyone just steals it Mm -hmm. and starts doing it (laughs) do people get like pretty upset or is it kind of just like where now it's kind of just like hey this is just like a thing that happens because i feel like that's like something that's starting to happen in music now where it's just like hey this is just like a thing that happens we don't want it to be that way but unfortunately that is it is what it is it depends on who it is um like i love it when people steal my stuff Mm -hmm. because if i'm selling it either i created it for someone else or i don't use it anymore Mm -hmm. like i mean it's the same with bands right like if if you put out an album, chances are you're going to play those songs for six months more and then you're going to move on to your next album. Yeah. Ideally, unless you're one of those bands who like just retired on an album or only has one. But most of the time, you're pretty much done with it. And so if people are out there doing covers of your stuff or even cover, you know, being a cover band or even pe- the, the hundreds of people torrenting your stuff mm. is, is cool. I remember the first time I ever saw one of my books being 
online for torrent someone sent me a link mm -hmm. and i was so happy because <laughs> <I was like, laughs> someone spent the time like to download it and to put it online and to like i think there was even one that was translated into another language mm -hmm. like i wasn't making any money off of it but it was really cool it was like you know and that's that's probably not the right outlook to have but i i just i really enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> no no shame in it at all no shame so how do you go about implementing like somebody's advice either be from a mentor or one of these social media influencers do you just like verbatim just do exactly what they said hey here's my idea for xyz or what is your way of going about that i think context is so specific in this in this in this conversation. So if we're going to talk about how I implement advice, like I have certain friends, I have a friend by the name of Brent Braun, mm -hmm. um, who is very well known in the magic community. He's uh, also a great business consultant in general yeah, sure. and does very well doing that. But anytime we're lucky enough to spend some time together, um, I'll fly out or we'll be at the same event. Mm -hmm. He gives me advice in, in, uh, <laughs> he he's one of those people who like always has like always knows what to say and sometimes it's wrong but like it's always comforting to have someone who like knows the answer mm -hmm. even if it's not the right answer but it's just an answer mm -hmm. and so any you know people like him who are just hyper confident as they should be because you know they've proven the concept and again they're tremendously successful at what they do that's the kind of advice where i go i probably shouldn't touch this i probably shouldn't mess with it <laughs> you know so he'll say here's how you should approach you know, cause I've, I've talked to him, you know, I had, a tr I had trouble with a client once where, where I was doing social media marketing for them and, and they wanted something that was just totally unrealistic. Yeah. And so I talked to Brent about it a little bit and, and Brent gave me really sound advice, pretty much exactly what to tell mm -hmm. him. Um, and in that case, I, you know, I thought there's no way I'm going to improve on this. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's certainly other advice that I think is context specific where, you know, if I read a book, uh, that cause especially with technology because it's changing so much. I mean, the advice you'll see about like, and sorry to keep going back to advertising, but that's just no, that's no what problem I, at all. Uh, but you'll see, I mean, uh, things about how much to spend on this sector of Facebook marketing and the algorithms have changed so much that, that the amount of money that needs to be spent has changed a lot too. I mean, like you, if you read a book from 2003 that talks about Google AdSense, I mean, the amount of money that they'll tell you to spend if you find ones that that mention numbers which a lot mm -hmm. of them do is you know one one hundred thousandth of what you'd have to spend to have the same amount of success now so in that case i think it's really important to tailor the recommendations and with how fast everything goes but it also comes down to i think and that's why the context is important like if i get live advice from someone like if i'm talking to you about a problem and you say dude i've encountered this here so i got over it I'm probably just going to implement that immediately. I'm not going to ask questions because I trust you and I trust where the advice is coming mm -hmm. from. And, you know, but uh, it is very context specific. No, that's so. definitely, I definitely agree with that. I probably should have tried better at providing that, but no, definitely, definitely, definitely. So have you ever dealt with like analysis paralysis where it's just like, oh, like maybe I've asked for advice on what's the proper meant proper uh way to implement seo from like maybe like two two or three different sources and they're kind of all telling me different things and i'm kind of just like frazzled and i'm just like okay instead of me actually like going through and executing uh i've kind of just stalled and almost just like done nothing 
Yeah, and that happens all mm-hmm. the time. And that's I, fortunately, it's a really short-term problem because generally, uh, I mean, if you're just starting out as a freelancer, there there's a great thing about starting businesses or releasing mm-hmm. ideas. And so this can be as as small as as you know releasing your first novel, or this can be like as big as you know starting a an actual business. Fortunately, nowadays it doesn't cost a lot mm-hmm. to do that. Like there's very, I mean, there's a ton of opportunity cost, but there's very little physical cost necessary. And because of that, the benefit that we have is that you can launch a hundred mm-hmm. times and pretend it's your first time every time. <laughs> and so if you start and it doesn't work, like because you did something wrong, which isn't always the reason that right. you'll fail at something, but if you happen to implement SEO wrong, or if you happen to, you know, maybe just have a really poor social media presence for a while, or just say the mm-hmm. wrong thing, theoretically you can just launch again and no one knows unless it was you know so wrong that that was it's (laughs) that it took a life of its Mm -hmm. own and in that case you probably should not continue with that venture or uh, parlay that into its own success but that's the nice thing is that you can just launch a hundred times and i forgot what the question was (laughs) no oh the oh yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so because of that you can just try a bunch of different mm-hmm. things and you sort of develop your own style to do at least general business things and it gets more specific where you where you probably don't mm-hmm. know but as far as you know social media content calendars and what channels you you should go down with your product and and where to spend the most time and the yeah. most money i mean that's the kind of thing that i think you you'll do wrong a couple of times before you mm-hmm. get it right and then once you nail it you have your own way to do it for sort of any venture that that comes up or at least you feel comfortable with yeah. trying it. So it's a very short term problem, which is mm-hmm. nice. How come you think like some people get afraid of like trying to like tr- uh, test out like a certain problem or sorry, uh, a certain solution and, and then iterating on that. How, what do you think is like a hard, uh, like blocking them from wanting to actually continue, just continue on and just say, Hey, this is what it is. This is what happened. Let me reassess and try and figure out a different way of going about it. I think businesses are people's babies, right? Like mm-hmm. if you spend your, in a lot of cases, not not every case, but I think people are really scared. Like if you just start a podcast for kicks or you write a book for kicks because it was just something you wanted to do, like it's probably going to be a lot easier for you to say, yeah, you know what, let's just try this, you yeah. know, versus some, a lot of these things where someone wants to start, you know, a clothing store, or someone wants to be an influencer, someone, this has been their life's dream and they finally realized it. And I think when it's your baby, it's really scary to push it off into the world mm. and, and especially to make choices for it that can make or break yeah, it, yeah. which makes total sense. Right. And so I do think there's, I think you are dead on when, when you say analysis paralysis, because I do think a lot of people have that because they go, Oh my gosh, what's the right thing. But again, that's where you have to sort of think logically about it and say, it doesn't, you know, this this novel that you wrote may be your baby, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't, you know, if it gets, gosh, 2,000 followers on Instagram mm-hmm. and then you can't leverage anything else, like launch it again. Pretend it's the first time, you know? No, I definitely think that's very true. Uh, I was actually at this uh, panel. I think General Assembly, they were doing something uh, for celebrating uh Black History Month, and they were specifically like looking at uh, Black-owned businesses in New York. There was actually this uh, one co-owner of what was it? I think a company's called John's Juice. Yeah, it was John's Juice. It's her and her husband. Uh, they do... Bleh, why am I blanking? They... 
they have a they do uh event catering. Uh well not events catering, but bleh. they do event catering and as well as go to specific events where so that is event catering. I don't know why I'm blanking on that. Essentially they have uh they do t- <laughs> I'm completely blanking on every single word. Right no, now. dude, it's good. Yeah. They are, they create their own juice out of their own fruit juice, fruit juices. They put them in like different uh, types of fruit. They put them in like watermelons. They put them in uh, pineapple, stuff like that. But the way that they're doing it, uh, they specifically make sure it's like, uh, they try to do as much as to make it as environmentally friendly as possible. But anyway, this is all besides the point. She was talking about how she failed her first business, but she didn't even take it as a failure. She just took it as a learning experience where it's like, okay, yeah, I did X, Y, Z in this sort of way. I noticed that, hey, this didn't work out, this didn't work out, and this didn't work out. Now I know that uh, I'm now doing John's Juice with my husband. That, okay, here's the proper way for me to do anything. And not to take it so hard where it's just like, okay, I'm too afraid to even, like, try something out. It's just like you have to kind of, like, see what are the lumps. See where, like, the weak points or the pain points where it's just like, okay, uh, this is not the right way of going about it. And just, like, trying to figure that piece of, trying to figure out everything else as it goes. Yeah, definitely. And in that case, you know, I think the, the, A, I think that they're probably more equipped to run a business now that they've had one fail. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be a business. You just have to learn what, like what dramatic failure feels like once. (laughs) (laughs) I remember the first book that I ever put out was, uh, it was a a booklet for magicians Mm -hmm. about this thing that I'd worked for years Mm -hmm. on. And this was, this was years and years and years ago, but I had spent so much time. I mean, this was up to that point, I thought in my mind, erroneously, completely, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, that this was going to be my ticket to success, yeah. you know, and because everyone in my circle, I, I don't know if they didn't want to hurt my feelings or if it was just wasn't ready for launch. But I, I put this book out and I talked to a couple of different places about about sponsoring it and promoting mm-hmm. it. And it went out and I was so happy. And it was a massive failure. Mm-hmm. I mean, reviews on this book were so so mm-hmm. bad and it's one of those things that i was heartbroken I imagine. you know for the for the for, for, for gosh i didn't release anything for years after that um but i think it taught me a lot of good lessons and i'm glad i started with that because you do uh, especially in art in artistic formats so not specific to businesses but in artistic formats i think there are people who who never learned to have a filter because they didn't need mm-hmm. to and that's not to say you shouldn't put out what you're passionate about but i do think there are some people out there who put out stuff strictly for money and that's never the way to go because they were never told Mm -hmm. no so it's sort of every idea they have is Mm -hmm. golden which is not true and i think you learn all sorts of really great virtues from from having something blow up in your Mm -hmm. face as as much as it hurts at the time Uh, uh. but no i think definitely like i still I still uh, fall into like trying to become a perfectionist with some things where it's like, oh no, 
there's something about this that I need to I need to tweak or uh, there's something that I'm just like oh no I can't show this to I can't show this to the public or anything like that but I'm still like trying to chip away at it where it's just like fuck it like <laughs> just put it out yeah and what it is what it is, what will happen what will, what, will, uh, what will happen will be and, yeah okay Sarah Sarah and, right and, and how so I guess how often do you kind of like self-reflect and kind of like uh, review like the work that you've done or review uh, just like a specific piece where it's like, okay, maybe I should try to find like a better way or maybe enhance or improve this area of weakness. In business, I think it's equal parts art and data. So all Mm -hmm. the time, right? Like I'm constantly looking at analytics for stuff that I did a long time ago Mm -hmm. to see how it played versus stuff that I'm doing now. And so it's, 100%, 100%, well, not one, clearly not 100%, mm-hmm. but a lot of reflection there. I think in artistic ventures, which a lot of people who want to do freelance stuff or are currently doing freelance yeah. stuff, down to a specific project, I think there's a lot less, at least for mm-hmm. me. I mean, I I very rarely go back to, to things that I've I've put out before. Like when I, I wrote a magazine column for a number of years, um, and I, I haven't read any of that in a very long time, because at that point, I'm I'm finished with it. I want to focus on the next mm-hmm. project and because that's what makes you feel alive creatively. But the same isn't for business, right? Like if, if my job was to market that magazine, I'd be reading over everything, mm-hmm. you know, every day and I'd be looking at all the data. And so there'd be so much more reflection there. But as far as in like passion endeavors, never. Passion. No, I definitely agree. Definitely see that. Because uh, it's too easy to rest on your mm-hmm. laurels. Sorry to cut oh, you no off, problem. but it's just, it's easy to look at stuff that that's been successful before and to say, "Oh man, Eddie did that. This is, <laughs> this is great. And then you're not as motivated to, to do something awesome in the future. Right. Mm-mm. No, I get what you're saying. I think maybe just like the last thing to close it out, actually. Have you seen Killer Mike's trigger warning? No, not yet, but I was told about this and I heard that it was amazing. Gotcha. Never mind. There is an episode that I want to talk about, but I'll just leave it on for this can be like our own. My, my friend Brett was just telling me about this the mm-hmm. other day and he was explaining like a couple of the premises behind a couple episodes. And I was going, dang, this sounds like <laughs> a perfect thing to watch. So it's, it's literally next on my list. Like if you had talked to me like a week yeah. later, I probably would have been like, yeah, I've watched all of it. Like, no worries. But... If anything, we can talk <laughs> about it after you see it. But there's like an interesting, there's an interesting uh, question that I had that's a part of that uh, part of one of the episodes but don't worry about it man i gosh i would love to mm-hmm. uh to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> now i feel now i feel bad i didn't do my homework uh, no worries no worries uh but anyways it, i appreciate you uh even just taking the time having this conversation uh hopefully yeah. 